I'm recording. Do you want to do the honors? Do you think you can remember? <laughs> oh, great. So on the last one, now I get to kick it off because I, I always have to kick it off on my other podcast. Wow. We clearly haven't done this for a while. <laughs> Welcome to Bad at Love Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mallory. And I'm Tamu. And this is the end. Or is it the beginning? It's the end of this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It is, at least I would say, I honestly could totally see us being like, let's do a random pod. But yeah, it's not going to be a, a constant anymore, as it clearly hasn't been since 2020. Yeah, way to go, pandemic. Way to go, everything. But honestly, I would say it's also like a show of other accomplishments. Well, in case we weren't straightforward enough, this is our last episode of Bad at Love podcast. No, we are not breaking up and our friendship is not no. dissolved into some awful thing, but we just decided that we run our course in terms of talking about all things love and even though crazy shit still keeps popping up all the time, but we've run our course and we are looking at doing other things and decided to just say, okay, we've done well. Everything's just coming back around to what we've already talked about. How many times have we seen this whole pandemic that people don't fucking wash their asses. I'm just saying, well, we we dropped the news like ages ago and suddenly white people can't seem to even wash a leg. They never washed a leg. It just came out. Are these also people who are anti-mask? I have questions. Do you think that, what was it, Dax Shepard and, oh, fucking A, Frozen Bell. are not, are not masking I and vaxxing? I think that they're vaccine. I think that they aren't masking when they don't think it's important. I think that they're like, I've done enough. We're fine. Let's just keep going out in a boat. And then if they find someone else who is anti-vax and refuses to get it, they're like, that's their choice. We're not going to make a fuss. But I'm vaccinated, so I don't need to wear a mask. That's how I think they are. They don't wash their kids for a week. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Oh, they have a little stick on them that pops up when they're done. <laughs> Bing, dirty. <laughs> but true. This is how children work. I've heard it. <laughs> Listen, I can understand. Like, kids are disgusting anyway. So you just dip them in stuff and then they become disgusting again. Yeah. Sure, but like you can wash your own self every now and again. Like I said, pandemic has changed a lot of people. For better or for worse. In ways. <sighs> In many ways. So I have a question. Are we now yeah. good at love since we're... I think that like, like everybody else, we're basic in love. Basic, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think anybody's good at love. I think people can be good at it. It's about communication, which also we have... I think every podcast continually discussed communication has always been key. This has been in freaking trashy book nook days. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot. I think the pandemic has actually for us helped solidify boundaries and helped us create priorities and understand where we want to go. Because right now we're at the 245th year of our nation. So we've only got five years to go. I feel like we've come to a point now where now we, uh, we know what we want. And I think so you and I now know what we want and the world is going to end in five years. Yeah. So achieve away. 
You've had a longer life than me, so congrats. You actually get to <laughs> don't know what kind of a life it was, but yes, I'm here. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> Maybe we'll record on that last day. What'd you do in your last hour if you knew it was? And me, us were just recording. I'd rather just be this. <laughs> good day to you. Good day to you. Pleasure working with you. Pleasure working with you. Exactly. And let's continue strumming on until this boat sinks. With the <laughs> instead of the screams of shouts of saying encore, it's just the screams of people dying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Love well, it for us. Did we ever have screams of encore? I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> But that's okay. I think that if we did, we probably wouldn't be ending this podcast. Well, I think that the reason why also is because I was talking to my mom about it. And I was like, both of us are at a point where we don't give a fuck anymore. Like it used to be in the beginning, we were like, no, we'll date. We'll try. And then by that second year, it was, I don't know, kind of (laughs) good. I don't think. And now I'm like, please, no, God, no, I, I don't really want to. I'm so happy with where I am and adding an additional person in my life right now would skew it out the fuck. I just, I truly feel that I would be very selfish girlfriend right now. I would be very, I got shit I want to do. I've got a dog that would definitely take precedence over them. So I just don't have time. Like I don't, I literally don't even have room in my bed. Indigo has taken over that other side and I don't know, unless we get two king beds two Californians, stick them together. I don't know. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Don't you feel like solidified and ready? Or do you, because in the beginning you were, I don't know. And I felt like you felt the same way too, where you're like, I'm just good where I'm at now. Yeah, but it would be nice to have some kind of companionship. Not gonna lie. Get a dog. <laughs> just there are two that live here. I'm good. Perfectly fine. And don't need to uproot and change my life for them because I already do. I was going to say you can say that, but you already have. So mm-hmm. No, but I think I think it would be nice to at least have somebody that I could lean on but where more is, reliably. But where is the attempt to get there is my point. Like You and I have definitely stopped attempting to get it. Oh, there's no attempt to do it. And every time I think maybe I'll attempt to do it, some stupid shit happens. And I'm like, nope. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> But it doesn't mean that I don't want, I wouldn't dis- like it to happen. You don't lie awake in your bed, do you? Right. Now, no, I don't sit crying in a ball either. But it would be nice. And I think it's a little bit more difficult because... Because we're in a pandemic, it's not exactly like you can go out and meet somebody anywhere or whatever. Like, I can't even make new real friends because I can't go. I can't keep the old ones because I can't go out. It's just that makes it a little bit more challenging. I think I'm sure other people don't have those same constraints because they don't have to worry about a lot of the things that I have to worry about in terms of like potentially killing somebody with my germs but I don't think I would mind it. It would be weird. It'd be really strange and difficult. I'm so independent Mm -hmm. and not used to that situation, but I think it would be nice to try. I think that is a difference from where I was when we first started it. Okay. Fair. I was willing to try in the beginning and I was willing to do stuff. And now I'm like, no, I just don't have time. I can't, I, that's my thing. I can't imagine fitting another person into my life like that. It feels really difficult. 
And to be fair, that is relationships in general. Like period, you have to make time for them and you have to, but, but I just can't. I, when I think of relationships, I don't think of the, the nine month bullshit of getting to the point of, huh, now we can just like be in each other's presence because we already know everything and we decided we're just going to roll with it. I can imagine myself already there nine months prior of being like that I could handle. It's the dedication of getting to that point and saying, in a minute, if that makes sense. All you have to do is do the 36 questions of love and then you don't have to worry about the nine months. <laughs> and then stop scrolling through Am I the Asshole? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Boom. That one has gotten me jaded all over again. Just watch a couple of murder shows that involve dating like Web of Lies oh and all kinds of stupid shit. See, I can't do that. Never do it. That article. And yes. we've now chosen a life to continue to stay that way. I read this article and I still was like, this sucks, but I'm also going to stay single. So. Yeah. And especially as my student loan debt payments are looming back coming at the end of next month, I'm just like, damn it. Mm -hmm. If I had, if there were two incomes and I didn't have to worry about one, we could live off of one person's income and then Mm -hmm. all your bills get paid from the other person's income. I would probably be debt free. Thinking about the fact that I just paid off my car, it died on me, and now I'm trying to get a new car, and my fucking credit score dropped 50 points because I'm debt free. I have one because I use credit cards on a regular basis, yeah, unlike you who doesn't no, go through Fuck that them. strategy. No, well, I choice. used to have it. It's my choice and it's a bullshit system, but neither here nor there. My point being is that if I had someone else, if I was living with someone, if I had a partner, if we were married, it would be a different story and it would be easier for me to get a car and it would be easier mm-hmm. like these large payment things like hospital bills, cars breaking down, etc. If you had a second person where like this debt could be paid off by one paycheck and then we live off the other paycheck. Mm-hmm. A whole different type of lifestyle could be led. And it's unfortunate that it has to be that way. And we already know that the system is set up based on this article. And I will let everyone know what the name of it is because yes. we were talking about it. It's The Escalating Cost of Being Single in America by Anne Helen Peterson. And it's an article in Vox. And we'll put the link in. I don't even know if we'll have a website by the time this <laughs> We'll have a website. It just won't be a specific dot com. It'll be a it'll dot be a WordPress. WordPress. <laughs> It'll back to be a bad at love podcast dot wordpress dot com. But yeah, so it was really interesting to of course see that black women once again because we get paid least and all of the other fun things throughout our lives, and we also aren't on the top of the list to get married, are the ones that suffer the most in relation to being single. And also, too, something that people don't necessarily think about is being a a single person and a caregiver, right? Like, I'm thinking about, unfortunately, those things looming in my future of me having to eventually try to care for my parents who don't have anything, no savings, no nothing. They basically will end up living off of their social security. My dad's already retired and just living off of social security. And my mom is thinking about retiring next year. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you guys, like, <laughs> this ain't gonna work because I don't know what you're gonna do. 
And I don't know what I'm going to do since I clearly, I can't necessarily afford to take care of them. I'm still trying to get out of my own swirling debt in terms of the student loans. So mm-hmm. That's the only debt I own now. And it sure would be nice to have that freedom and that leeway. And even with the break of during the pandemic, not all of my loans were frozen. So I was still paying one of my loans back. And I don't know why. I feel like that's bullshit. Yeah, a lot of it has been bullshit. That's a whole other story is the bullshit that they have placed us through and not provided. Like it's the compromises that we've made these past two years have taken their fucking toll and I'm getting tired. They did get into some queer communities, that kind of thing too. Right. Is but then of course, and even in the article it talks about different types of what single means. Right. That's a divorced person. That is a widow, widow person. People like us who don't have any other significant others. And the differences um, between like men versus women being single, which is also a huge difference. I know that mm-hmm. that one of the things I had thought about but I didn't think meaning of it was when they talked about the fact that like men tend to get remarried Mm -hmm. like it's there's a higher percentage and they also tend to die faster without a partner Mm -hmm. whereas women tend to live longer and are more sustainable and they're less likely to get married a lot it's a burden and a blessing (laughs) (laughs) i just remember part of that like simpsons episode where the single people took over the town I don't think I remember that episode. I just remember they took over the town and then eventually everybody, like the rest of the people took it back. Of course they did. did. It's made for them. The world is made for them. It is. That is what the article also explains that we are stuck in a 1950s construct. Like you think about the widowed and divorced. And then you think about, because the people who stay in relationships Mm-hmm. because they're concerned about being able to leave and the blame that they receive. Why did you stay so long? How could you, if they're abused, if they're, and it's, it's hard get mm-hmm. being able to get enough money to sustain a lifestyle. And especially if you're abused very frequently, they're not allowed to have jobs, right? They, cause they want to control you. And if they do, it's a very specific way. They know your wages. So how are you supposed to squirrel enough money away to feel any type of, like you go into survival mode and you can't survive if you ditch and leave unless exactly. you have some wealthy benefactor that finds out about your situation is willing to hand you a wads of cash situation all around and i was happy to see the article but unfortunately i was like oh great <laughs> it's just not gonna get any better <laughs> It's not going to change. How do you... Every time when I when my married friends talk, and married with children friends, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know anybody who's not married without children, talk about like how much money they get back in taxes. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Not only for I... the first year, is that just... With Mm-mm. kids, I, I know that it's much longer, but... I don't know anybody who's not married without children. So, oh, okay. so I can't makes... give you that answer. But these people are making money hand over fist with kids. And I'm like, how am I only getting back $2,000 from my taxes? What the fuck is this about? What would you call it? An extra prize. Yeah. Yeah. An extra prize for doing the traditional way. Way to be married. Way to have children. Way to buy a home. That's the same thing, too. Buying a home is a pain in the ass to do. Who can afford? I can't afford to buy a home. 
When did marriage become a thing? Like when Google? Yes. When did marriage? So hard. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Google predicted I was gonna ask. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Become a thing. Okay, so apparently the first recorded evidence of marriage ceremonies uniting one woman and one man dates from about 2350 BC in Mesopotamia. Long time. Over the next several hundred years, marriage evolved into a widespread institution. Institution. Embraced by the ancient Hebrews, Greeks, and Romans. Of course, the fucking Romans. Got it. But according to brides.com, which we all know is real. Perfect. They're saying it comes from Middle English, which was first seen in 1250-1300 CE. But they're like, it's saying it predates it, but that was like the Middle English are the ones who are just, they're the ones who probably threw the biggest fits. And probably also, to be fair, probably records were easier back then. Like they may have records. seen some. <laughs> yeah. We're able to see them more today. Yeah. Because I, the reason I question it is because I understand people wanting to get married as a sign of um, like we're in it together. This is us proving we're in it together forever. We were. That's a more modern concept. That's not something that happened back in BC times or even your middle. So why even do it back times? I know that engagement was completely different. Like I know that having an engagement ring, that was like a 1900s like thing of buy our diamond. She wants one. So like, that's only a recent thing, the engagement thing. So why even get married back then? Usually it's just for money purposes and for land ownership and stuff like that. So before Christ, they're worried about that? Yeah, you can Google it to find out and confirm. I did. And the No, you didn't. You asked why was marriage a thing. That's (laughs) Back then, marriage had little to do with love or religion. Marriage's primary purpose was to bind women to men. Fuck me. And thus guarantee a man's children were truly his biological heirs. So that's literally, well, there we go. Through marriage, a woman became a man's property. Like this stuff I knew. I didn't realize that literally it was like even back then, like way, way back. That Like why even? Men, fuck you. This is why this podcast is ending. I'm never getting <laughs> Good thing it wasn't like a We're Getting Married podcast. (laughs) But I'd argue even back then you couldn't marry for love. Oh, yeah. No. You can talk about. That's why I think it probably became a fad. Right. And literature is something to think about and aspire to. Oh, I want to be like Guinevere. Right. That's not real real life. No. It's a did love change marriage. And it did, they're saying. Like, that's when they start seeing things and changes. But obviously, it's 2021. And we have no control over our bodies anymore. Thanks, Supreme Court. Fuck you. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. I'm so happy to have a uterus that I have no control over. I know I'm on the way out, but I still have one. So Yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad I got that IUD in 2016. I got, let's see, how many years left? Five. Uh, I think I get 14 with my... Oh, my, my IUD. I thought it was 10. Okay. Speaking of menopause, so I don't yeah. know if you knew that Sex in the City has I know. their reboot. I don't know if I want to watch it. I've heard bad things. I watched the first two episodes. <gasps> How do you feel? Of And what is it called? I want to keep saying it. And then there it is. But that's not it. No. It's, and just um, like that. And just, and just like, like that. that. 
because that's how she always ended her episodes. Yes, and just like that. You know what happens, right? All I know is, do you mean at the end of the seasons or in what's happening in the new one? In the new one. All I've seen is uh, Miranda say, I don't get to fool around anymore. What's her face? Gasp. Samantha's out of the picture. I don't know why. Did she die of cancer? Did that, is that how they wrote her off? She moved to London because she and Carrie got into a fight and she stopped talking to everybody. So like real life? I don't know about that. Well, according to her, like I've watched an interview with her where she oh, talks about- life. Yes, yes. In IRL, right. basically what they did was pettily make it the IRL situation where, right. you know, as Carrie had to fire Samantha as her publicist and Samantha decided that I was, she was going to stop talking to everybody and move to London and take a job. And Carrie made this comment of, yeah, and I thought we were really, we were friends forever, but she treated me like an ATM or something stupid, which is basically what. <laughs> you think she needs an ATM from you? Samantha fucking Jones. Well, Kim. Can... I understand. I understand, but I'm just saying, like, what a petty fucking cunt, whatever. Yeah, it was shady, but I was like, okay, whatever. So I did watch the first two episodes, and you can cut this out if you want to. No, whatever, I don't care. Spoiler alert! But they kill off Big in the first episode. <laughs> Love that for us. He had a heart attack. He had oh, a severe well, heart attack not. and died after riding his 1,000th ride on Peloton. So Peloton killed him, which I oh. think is funny. And that was like, I was reading about it on Twitter and I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that. Holy shit. Like a lot of shows these days are like killing off their like major characters relatively mm -hmm. early. Unfortunately, we got sucked into watching Big Sky and Ryan Phillippe was supposed to be in it. And they killed that nigga off. Sorry. They killed him off right away. <laughs> You're like, oops, wrong podcast. <laughs> they killed him off immediately. And I was, we were all like, what the hell? And they, then that was it. He was dead. Is Carrie distraught about it or were they like on the outs? Oh, no. They had the most amazing, loving, like, in the so he gets killed off at the end of the episode, so we get to see what their lives are like oh. in the beginning, and it's beautiful. Like they have been, they've been playing their record collection in their beautiful giant mansion of a house, of an apartment somewhere in Manhattan while they're cooking dinner and drinking wine, and they've gone through, they're going through all of the records alphabetically, and it was like, what's this time? And they played there was some song. They were up to the letter R, and then so she's very, they're very happy. Okay. Which is great. So we know that since, what, when did it end? 2004? They've been happy since the movie, the first movie. I'm not counting the second movie because it was terrible. <laughs> but they've been happy. And so they've had an idyllic, lovely marriage. And we all knew he had a bad heart that was on the show. And so... He wrote a Peloton, and unfortunately, Charlotte forced her to go to some to her daughter's piano recital, and she, Carrie had to change plans that they were she because they were planning to go to the Hamptons or something, and um, Carrie had to change plans and go there, and then he died, and when she got home, he was still alive barely, Aww. but just long enough to look at her longingly from their beautiful shower where he had fallen. 
And, oh my god, how long um, was he in that shower? For the whole recital, like <laughs> oh my he god, for a couple of hours. And he, when he fell, he had messaged her, and he was like rub- grabbing his arm, and then he dropped his phone, and he couldn't reach it, so he could, was that never able to traumatizing. call nine And when she came home, she saw him in the um, shower, and she she was like looking at him, like what's going on? And then she screamed, John! And then she ran to him, and then he looked at her. And she kissed him and he was able to kiss her and he tried to grab her arm one more time and then he died. And the rest of the season isn't her sobbing or is the next episode five months later? No. And basically at the end of the episode, it was like, and just that big died. <laughs> and then the next, and I was like, okay, I was fine. And then the next episode, I was not fine. <laughs> I was so, I was like, this is so terribly emotional because it was like in the first movie when big decided to not get married and left her at the altar and all her girls came and it was like that whole thing again of the friendships the support of women coming to your aid and helping and being with you during your time of need and that part i was just like oh so sad And it's something that I think we all aspire to when we have our friendships and relationships with people, right? Like, we would like to think that we would be there for others. And that was, I was just like, it's still making me cry and be emotional. But I would like to have that with my friends. Do you think that's hitting you much harder because of how the pandemics has fucking treated you? <laughs> you mean in the fact that I don't think I have friends anymore? Sure. Not just I just because <laughs> I the, and I'm I or yes, I don't I'm asking the hard are? question, sure. right? I'm asking the hard question because particularly in that first year, the shit that happened with George Floyd, what was happening at work, what and the people who checked in, the people who didn't, and the people who pretended to check in. I, I wonder if that's. Part of it. And check-ins. I think that this is because of what happened during my COVID exposure. Ah, okay. Where I don't now know who my friends are because the people who I thought were my friends slash family showed their ass and showed me that they're not who they are. So, Did you talk about that on your previous podcast? I have not talked about it anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, that I think is the part that is okay. Maybe there's... There are a couple of people that I probably know I could rely on in a situation like that would come no matter what, but it's not the people that I might have necessarily thought, which are the, I should say, the person closest to me. So, And it is a weird feeling. Nowhere in comparison to it, but I've, I know I felt that way back in 2016 when I had my situation after coming home. And it's, it's that line of type of... I'd argue, if I can interrupt, that it was probably prior to you leaving that that also occurred. Yes. Yes. With a different friend. Yes. Yes. But within that It's also family. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I guess the reason I look at it this way is because this was actual blood. Yeah. And so having that, having a truth within yourself for such a long period of time that it's much like a core part of who you are as a being and having that shook Mm -hmm. and realizing, oh, what 
I thought I could lie down a literal bet and win every time because this was such a, a firm truth. Like I would have tattooed this on my body and it has allowed me to feel safe within my own body and realizing, oh, no, it does have actually turns out it's negotiable and it fucking hurts mm-hmm. and it really hurts. I, I can at least empathize of that whole mind fuck. I think people get caught up in a thing, right? Like in the fear of what could happen and forget and are solely focused on keeping themselves and the people that they are charged to keep alive. Partially, I do understand that. I 100% get that 100%. However, we have been living in a situation together for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. This is insane that I should feel like I am a stranger in a strange land in a place where I call you my family, (laughs) where my family is like, how's your family? It just made me reevaluate the terminology that I use for things because maybe I was equating them as family when I probably shouldn't because maybe I don't know what family means. I thought I did. Or do you think it's just more of you do know what family means for you and they just have a clear... Like that's... When I went to therapy for my situation, it ended up being we clearly have different definitions Mm -hmm. for what that means. I think it... Yes. And I would agree with you. I think in terms of like my definition of what that means and their definition of what that means is different. I am not actually family because I think that's considered a blood thing. I am a close friend of the family. I think because I have always lived a life where the people I collect and I share with my life with, I consider family. Right. Right. And it's so weird because I was talking to my therapist maybe a couple of sessions ago and I was talking about my experience in Europe and talking about that situation and how that kind of went downhill and thinking to myself okay so the people that I've known the longest for the most part uh, literally both of them and I thought were my family showed me that they weren't. They were not there, able, or capable to provide me with the care that I needed or concern in their mind's concern for me or in my mind concern for me, their part. And that was really an interesting thing to put together and correlate. Like I said, we all, Mm -hmm. the three of us used to work together. We all knew each other. And for the people that, like I said, the people that I've known the longest here, besides the other person the longest who also left, ended up fucking me over or not fucking me over, but like maybe showing me that I made the wrong decision. If we're reversing ourselves, if we're thinking back to like episodes one, two, three, four, five, where I talked about this Mm -hmm. in terms of my own personal relationship that brought me to Minnesota they're very similar. It's just, okay, so 
here I am thinking that this is a thing. We're going to be a family. Everything is good. And it doesn't work in that way. I've not my first relationship, the second one. I apologize. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. White number two. Go back. You'll figure it out, people. Because I forgot what names I gave them back in the day. So white Some one, white Swedish, two works for me. White nationals names at this yeah. point, I'm sure. White one and white two works. So white number two, that was the one where it was just, oh, okay. So I think I'm, I think I'm a good judge of character. I think I know people when they show themselves to me. And I apparently was wrong on that end and on that end. Am I supposed supposed to be able to trust myself in making these decisions? I understand that. I let into my world. Yeah, right. I understand that. I understand that. Share things with like I'm a very private person, and if I let you get to know me, I consider that a very deep relationship. And the fact that these things have happened. And the last two in pretty quick succession, it was just like, what the fuck is is going on? But I think it's just that I needed to redefine what that means. But it's not for everybody. Can I ask, because I think that this is similar. It feels like it's down the same wavelength. Let me know if it doesn't make sense. Do you think that, and not knowing the other person you're talking about, I'd say she's been in a relationship for a while. Do you think that the definition changes for people when they're in a partnership? Absolutely. Because I feel like you and I have similar ideas as single people of what friends and family means mm-hmm. and different expectations of things. And I see it always be different when they're in a long-term relationship. It seems to be different. Yeah, the rules, obviously, they wouldn't necessarily change for me because that's just not who I am. But unless, because there's people who I thought that and then they got in a relationship and now look at us. Like like the one of the people, like you said, who was before 2016 and the shit that happened before I went over and stuff, things that I had. And it was like, all of a sudden, it's okay. Guess we didn't have what I thought we had. And I've never well, that... thought of it as a replacement. Mm-hmm. But... I could see people thinking of it as such, or at least because you have a different pillar to lean on. Like you have your best friend. If they suddenly get a partner, a lot of people tend to think that is now your pillar and your best friend. And your. And while I disagree with that, because I think that one person should never be your end all. I don't think that's healthy. That is the tradition, I think. Yeah, but I don't think that was the case in that situation. I think that you started to not do what she wanted you to do there's that too but in general though they were they're been friends for decades it's true each other for i decades. didn't think about that so but i would say for the first one the one that you know i think that neither here nor there but i think that i don't want to say they chose partnership over me but they did choose marriage over me mm-hmm. that, in that situation which is fair. That's also a difficult decision when it comes to marriage you have dedicated yourself to someone you're supposed to have that. Not saying it's fair or good or what should happen, but I I will not be the first person to have known in many relationships that what comes first should be your partner when it comes to decision making. Like, and I'm not like I said, so I, I would that. never 
I understand all of those dynamics. So do you believe that definition changes when you have a significant other? Like you say, like right now, it's so easy for us to say that would not change. I can tell you 100% that that wouldn't change. I've been in okay. a situation. I've had that situation. Okay. Yeah. And it true. doesn't change. True. So it doesn't work like that for me. For me. That's okay. not how it works. Back to the show that we were discussing. That didn't happen there. It doesn't happen there either. So yeah. at the end of the day, who was there for her were her rider dies, were her friends. Right. They're sleeping in her bed with her doing all that stuff. So at the yeah. end of the day, who if the that person you? that you, you know, are in partnership with leaves, however that looks like. You still need to have a core group of people around you. You still need your village, right? Right. So if one person leaves the village, you have other people there that will help you through that situation and that loss. And eventually you'll feel fine and you can then go about yourself and find somebody else to join the village. But you still have, for me, you always have a core group of people in that village. Right. I will bring up because... I did rewatch at the beginning of the pandemic, all of Sex in the City. I will say, particularly in the films, there's so much privilege in being able to do those things. Like, as you were saying that and being like, oh, sleeping in the bed with them and taking their time and stuff. And I'm like, but being able to do too, like I've noticed the simplicity of having Indigo just by myself and noticing the difference between me versus couples who have dogs and the fact that there's a, a neighbor of mine who sometimes she's just like, eh, just bring them to doggy daycare. Like, whatever. I don't want to deal with them today. And people do that with kids where they're just like, ugh, because they can afford it. Mm-hmm. And then they have a partner who they're able to be like, I don't want to deal with them. You deal with the kids today. And then they go off and do their own thing. Like, single parents aren't able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm unable to do that in a lot of situations. I can afford some things, but like now that my, especially now that my car's gone, me being like, man, I can never do a lot of this stuff. As sentimental as that is, I also think of realistically, they have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They have so much money. And so to be able to do that, like I know that had something like that happened to one of my friends. It did happen to one of my friends, a good friend of mine, her mother died. I had $5 to my name and it was like, I couldn't even afford to go to the fucking funeral. So I could literally not make it. Like, how do you show support in those moments? So if you see those things on television and it makes you emotional and then you look at the other shit of things where it's like someone who is a good friend like that, but can't provide like, how are they able to do those things? But I think that you would, you still found a way to do it, right? I hope I did, but I don't think I did. I personally don't think I did. You don't think you did to the standards that you would like to have it. No, I don't. But you were able to do something. I don't think I did. I think I was shit. Because I couldn't do anything. I don't to believe... I Honestly, I don't believe in our future because I don't believe <laughs> in a future right now. Oh... I don't. I truly don't. Climate change is happening right now. I think we're going to every six months get a new type of vaccine that we're going to come in. Climate change is happening right now. So what if a random tornado hit five states last night? 
the biggest tornadoes ever. That doesn't mean climate change. I'm so it's going to be 50 degrees here next week, Wednesday. That doesn't mean anything. We just had a snowstorm. <laughs> Nothing. So fine. Nothing really matters. Yeah. You don't what? have the Vice channel because you don't have cable, right? No. It's, I could really, if I stole your passcode. You could. There's <laughs> a really good show on Vice called When They See... I keep saying... I keep getting these wrong. While the Rest of Us Die. Oh. Which is all about, like, how this country has created a shadow government to protect the rich and the wealthy. And the rest of us suffer the repercussions of whatever their actions have been. Isn't that just capitalism? That's not capitalism. This is just about this country is a piece of shit and the country is lying to you and you should really understand that they are lying to you and here's how and why and all the ways that they are. I think that we should all know what it is so that we can stop fighting each other and fight the real fight. Oh, we're never going to be able to stop fighting each other. Are you kidding me? That's what I'm saying. That's why I watch it. It's like, okay, so if only people would actually understand that this is not about black, white, brown. her emails yellow other colors it's not about that at all if we could just get that together i think that we'd be all right but that's not the case democrats are too concerned about having the perfect person ever they're never allowed to have a mistake in their entire life while republicans are too obsessed with power power yeah they're so obsessed with power that they're willing to literally have rape allegations that are true race issues etc have the worst of the worst they would rather have loyalty because power yeah and that's the difference between the two and why do you think that we're suffering it's because the people who are trying to do the right thing want the right thing 100 percent purified they want fucking jesus christ a literal and i don't mean this as a christian republican thing as they literally want a human formation of Jesus Christ right now to be president, which either 200,000 people die or you have to choose one or the other. Which one do you choose? That is the position. 200,000 people are going to die because if, there's no such thing as a split at the end of the day. Right. It's because just, everybody suffers across the board because people don't yeah. understand that that's how it works. I just don't understand that they don't understand the severity of the situation. This is a very serious situation. Mm-hmm. Like we are in a very, we're in dire straits right now. Everything that we have grown accustomed to that we think is what is a right is being taken mm-hmm. away and stripped from us every single day. And if you don't get that, I don't understand what rock you're laying under and maybe I could lay under it or smoke whatever you're smoking so that I could pretend that it's not happening. But as I've said on my other podcast, make yourself sky aware because a lot of people seem to be falling back asleep. I just know I'm at the point where my doctor's like, your blood pressure has greatly increased in the past year. (laughs) And while you could attribute that to some weight gain, I just know I don't think my heart has ever stopped racing since last 2020. I don't think, I think since 2016, honestly, I am constantly at a state of fuck, 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 fuck. I will say this is the first December holiday in four years that there hasn't been a constantly stream of breaking news 
on any news channel because of something going on because the president created it. I'm so tired of the novels that I read as a teenager coming true. I'm sorry. Should have read Jackie Collins like I did. (laughs) So I could be more jaded about my love life? Hey, that's what this is about. (laughs) Back to the topic. My God. How long are we talking more? Do I need to get more wine? Is that what's happening? Listen, we haven't talked to each other for a while either. So I'm sure a lot of this is going to get cut out anyway. So you might as well grab yourself another cocktail. I love how we talk about this as if like... I'm going to save the fucking planet. If I were in any of these positions, my only solution would literally be detonate the entire system. Let's start from scratch. Yeah, I think that's the only way to get it to a place of fairness and equality at this point in time. Because... But would it work? We would be in such disarray. I think I would just, if I'm Joe Biden at this point, I'm executive ordering a lot of things. Like, he could executive order my loans out of the way. Right. He could executive order, I think he can executive order the DACA folks. I am so tired of him saying we don't have enough to save this part of the area, so we're cutting it back and putting it into fucking military. We are out of war now. (laughs) They got I know. So many billions, so many zeros I've never seen in my lifetime. Like, unreal that you can give them trillions and trillions of dollars, but you can't give, like, old people money so that they can get hearing aids. And now I just saw Mm -hmm. that Joe Manchin wants to take away the dental plan for people and Medicaid or whatever. Come on. They don't deserve it anyway. What do they need teeth for? Nothing. They can just (laughs) use a blender. It's not like making sure you have good oral health keeps your whole body Mm -mm. working. No, it doesn't at all. Definitely having a missing tooth also doesn't fuck with your jaw and how your exactly. anything works. Mm-mm. And now we can come back into reality, right? <laughs> now we're talking about you taking care of back to being parent. a single person having to take back into, care yeah, of. Yeah, and taking care of yourself. I have, And figure out who's going to take care of me because right. un- unfortunately for me, not unfortunately, I don't have children. And that's not to say if I had children, they'd take care of me. There's no guarantee that when you have kids, they're going to take care of you in your old age. I would never, that wouldn't be the expectation I think I would have. Especially I would think that I'd like to think I'd be a great parent, but I'm fucked up in my own self. (laughs) I can't imagine having to raise a human. But that is the expectation, right? Especially of, of women. So where I live in the home I live in that's the expectation of my friend who has to take care of her mother and then through me also knowing that's would be the expectation I also help because I know that's a horrible place to be by yourself and not have anybody to help you however I'm gonna knock on wood Mm -hmm. if the time should come where I have to do the same I'm not going to have that support system because they're not localized. My family lives in a different city and state. So it's not like she's going to drop everything and come to Minnesota and come to New York to help me with my parents. And I'll have to figure that out by myself. And then as hopefully the cycle would go, I am then left to take care of myself and figure that out. I don't have anybody to take care of me. They're fortunate that they actually have me to want to, I'm using quotes, and feel obligated to 
with legits take care of them. I don't have that. At some point, I thought, oh, maybe I can groom Mallory into taking care of me when I <laughs> <laughs> she's young. I'm having a sudden traumatic understanding of our relationship. <laughs> I'm like, she's young. She'll take care of me. Fucking hell. <laughs> But it's true. My friend is very lucky that she has someone that's 10 years younger than her that is here to help her and her mother. And the way that I initially had seen it was that then we would be there to take care of each other. That might not be how it ends up. It might just be where I leave and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it would ever be that we didn't take care of each other. I just think that it would be in different spaces and places. I also don't have the funds, the savings, or anything to make sure that I'm really secure. Which you having the COVID scare proved. You literally proved the fact of how much money you put into to assure that you were safe. That cut into savings. It sure did. We keep talking about my COVID exposure. This fall... I was exposed to COVID by my chiropractor and that caused me to have to do a lot of things like pay $200 to get a rapid PCR test, a nasal swab test to make sure that I knew that I was getting the highest quality of tests because I live in a home with a woman who is immunocompromised and I did not want to do anything that would jeopardize her safety and well-being. And that test came back negative. And then I still wasn't given free mobility and movement in my home and had to quarantine and sequester myself for, I think, six or seven more days until my second COVID test that enabled me to move about freely in my home and feel like a human. But in the meantime, I was ostracized by the inhabitants of where I live and made to feel like I was less than a human being and not treated much like family. And also, I'm going to add on to that, not just tests, you had to purchase a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You had to create your own more sanitized area between bathroom and kitchen within a bathroom because you were not allowed to use said kitchen. You not only had to monetize additional things, you had to also compromise mm-hmm. additional Things that are unthinkable in a many a living situation. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people would be considering washing their dishes next to a toilet. Correct. So I did have to create a bathroom kitchen where a microwave was that is unused in the house was brought up and placed in my bathroom. And I only bought ready-to-eat meals in terms of just dead water meals because I don't have a microwave that I could use because the microwave is in a common space. And I didn't feel comfortable or made comfortable to feel that I could actually use common areas. So I did not use them. And so I basically lived in my bathroom kitchen for the duration of between the bathroom kitchen and my bedroom for the duration of the time. Only coming out to accept 
food parcels because at one point I was not even going to touch doorknobs in my home. And then when the inhabitants of my home decided to order pizza and not offer me any food at all or see if I wanted anything, that forced me to buy my own personal mini refrigerator and also to say, fuck it, I'm going to order food and eat warm things as opposed to (laughs) microwavable, just add water, terrible things or soup. And so bringing this back to the fact of imagine having like between being a single person, there is no equivalent to that when you live alone. Like it's always going to be you. Uh If you decide to live together with someone and then that moment of we're going to be together forever, other people shower us in gifts and give us things that will allow us to live together better. Right. And as a marriage um, or a partnership, whichever you decide to do and people give you those gifts like mm-hmm. you can upgrade, you get things you didn't have before, you or you just get plain cash. We don't really have that. We could do a Carrie Bradshaw and have an engagement party for yourself. Um, but I would say, too, with this experience, it makes, as a person who is already without... So I live in a state where I don't have a family, right? Like my actual Mm -hmm. family, blood family is in Brooklyn. So I don't have family here. It was a very isolating experience Mm -hmm. and a very eye-opening experience in terms of it makes you really understand that you are alone, that that no one is here to help you. And there's nobody for you in your corner. And the people that you thought were are not. So it was a, it's a very, it was a very, it's a life change. It was a life changing experience. And I didn't have it. Like I mm-hmm. didn't have COVID. You I never was did. Completely- Is it easier for someone who's single? They always call us fucking selfish. Like they put this fucking shit on us that we're selfish for not trying to be in a relationship, for not having children, for not contributing to society in a horribleistic manner of what climate changes are like at this point, as far as I'm concerned, we're overpopulated anyway, fuck off. And yet my first thought in all of this is how I'm always thinking, how can I help? I feel like that's our mindset is community. Because we have to build our own communities and our own villages. So, but the idealism of if we get a partner, that just falls away and it becomes like what some sort of selfish barrier that seems wild to me. Well, that's those are that's a different type of person. That's I don't understand that at all. The article shows that's different to me because once you become married, it seems to me that then it becomes like this two person household taking care of themselves and each other. And if they build their own mini community. Sure. But they're talking about like people who they're not talking about. People like us who are single for a bajillion and 85 years. They're talking about people who get married out of high school or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, early marrieds that do that kind of stuff. And maybe late marrieds too. I don't know. It depends on the person. But that to me, I'm thinking about like people who have been together forever and a long time in their marriages and blah, 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 blah. I don't think either one of us, if we ever were ended up being coupled again, would be like oh fuck you guys (laughs) i got my shit unless it was like 
a super rich person who was like, you can't talk to your friends anymore. Otherwise, I'm not going to give you this money and have you live this lavish life. (laughs) That even seems more wild to me. If you're rich, you have more resources, more to give. (laughs) But I can't promise you that I wouldn't be like, deuces, bitch. I'm going to send you a covert check. As soon as you get a boyfriend, I'm like, she's gone. Deuces on the front end, money on the back end. We need a contract. I want a prenup for our friendship. Fine, as long as you take care of me at my old age. Fine. But if I leave first, you got to take Indigo. Actually, that wouldn't work because then you'd have to walk and I don't trust the neighborhood you're in. Fair. Because I feel all would happen is that you would die and then what happens to Indigo then? Exactly. So not even so. again about me. It's about the dog. It is. <laughs> Sorry. I'm self, I'm I'm preserving my. And that, my friend, is why you should just have her cremated alongside with you. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Okay, I get it. The Egyptians were right. Just leave her. At least you're cremating her and not leaving her in there alive to fend for herself until she just dies. I'm sorry. I just, I can imagine. I know I'm dead and I shouldn't care at that point. (laughs) I can just imagine the articles being written at that point. A woman who does not believe anyone can take care of special needs dog. Nope. Euthanizes and (laughs) is buried with body. Spinster woman. I, I, Thornback. I'm sorry, Thornback. I'm over the age. Sorry. At a certain point, Thornback is my name. Fine, Thornback, <laughs> aka Spinster Woman, can't live without animal. Has cremated <laughs> with them alive. <laughs> alive. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. This. Oh. Indigo, your cries. Sorry. I'm sorry. Cremates. Healthy three-legged dog. Oh, my God. Don't even. <laughs> healthy. Perfectly fine dog. Yep. Yeah, because that's how they make you sound more terrible and crazy. I, You know what? I need to write a will anyway. I'm of age. Wow. <laughs> That I need to have something. I have something to leave. Thus, I should have a will. Is it the dog? The dog. But also, I should put ridiculous things within my will. I need to. I'm a singleton with no one else. So whomever decides to be like, oh, that poor soul who has no one, I shall take over her will. I want to have ridiculous written out shit. (laughs) like i would love to have make them go on a journey spread my ashes type of shit i would never have my dog cremated with me unless for whatever again we would have to die at the same time in order for me to be (laughs) in order for me to be like my dog needs to be with me and if that did happen again i would be like we're being spread at the same areas indigo also have to have her eyes covered in gold coins of course she if she's not crossing the river sticks with me, what's the point? I'm going to be on the opposite side of the river and us pining for each other the entire time? No. You really think she's going to pine over you? Oh, my God. I can't leave to get fucking pizza delivery without her whining for me. I will literally be like, I will be back in two seconds. 
And I close the door and start walking down the hallway and I hear her. We have been together in the same place for over a year. Two years. Two years. My God. What is time? Time is nothing. What is money? Why do we have this farce? Our life is a lie. (laughs) All right. Let's try to wrap up our last hurrah here. I thought that we should take some time and thank our podcast friends and slash family and our listeners. Definitely all five of you. We really appreciate you listening to us on a more consistent (laughs) basis. (laughs) So definitely our friend slash your friend, really Jen, who has been like our ride or die listener who listened to all of the podcasts and caught herself up and had actually commented. She was probably one of the only ones who did that. (laughs) So thank you, Jen, for that. And may Um, you be blessed because literally she got her new job and it's been wild. Wishes for you to have things be awesome. Exactly. There we go. And our podcast friends, so the beaming of it all, we've been on their podcast to CDOT, the jester, and hey, best friend, we, and Phil, because he was awesome too. So the time that we were able to do our little video recording, definitely check that out on YouTube, was super fun. And let's do it again. (laughs) One day, I'm sure we will be able to get back together and do things like that again. Definitely our friend Tiffany from Abroad in Education. Yeah. Our friend Hannah from Anti-Racist Parenting Podcast. And our friends from Mouse and Weens. They have been with us literally from the beginning, I think. Truly. Most of these podcasts, except for Hannah's, all started around the same time. And so we all grew up together. And so it's been fun to see everybody's like growth and transitions through these times. Definitely listen, give them a listen, follow them support them and support any of your friends who are doing podcasts. It's really important that they, it's a good way to show you care about them. Definitely do that. And to our listeners and our guests. So our friend Tuan, check him out on Instagram, travel to food, living his best life, drinking whiskey and eating all over the country. And sometimes the world. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So living his best life, doing his thing. My friend Aaron, who is a part of When the Bill Comes Due, which is our joint podcast. This is not a plug, but I'm just thanking him for being a guest. Sarah, who was on like our first two or three episodes of our podcast, doing our tarot card readings. I don't know if we had anybody else. Gretchen who was on our show as well. So we're just so grateful for our friends who were brave enough to (laughs) make themselves vulnerable and and just be themselves and join us for drinking wine and chatting at random points in time in different parts of Minneapolis. Oh, and huge shout out to Gretchen in general because she gave us a place for us to record. That's right. To record when we first started recording our Trashy Book Nook podcast. Yeah. Early days. um, Yeah. So we really do appreciate that. And it's so funny how you look at all these great big podcasts, but we're so grassroots that it's like literally like we don't have a place because 
at that point in time, Mallory didn't have her own place where she was living and I wasn't living in a place where I was able to do to have people come and visit or do whatever. So we had to find external places to go and we did whatever we could <laughs> to find places to record. <laughs> Let's talk about Mallory's burgeoning Twitch. What oh. is it? Twitchdom? Twitch life? Twitch? Sure. What do you what do you call a famous Twitcher? Streamer? Oh, stream life. Hashtag streaming life. Sure. I I don't see it as such. I literally look at it as the reason I feel like I've connected with it more is it's allowing me to communicate with people in real time. So Toto Kitty is how you can find me on Twitch TV uh, dot TV slash Toto Kitty. And we play all sorts of games, variety, playing Breath of the Wild right now on the weekends. We play indie games on Thursdays and it's been a blast. We have fun. We have a lot of weird fucking fun. <laughs> I don't know if I've showed you the type of shit we get into, Tamu, but um, it's fun. We have fun. I'm sure it's fun. But you also let people know in advance when you're going to be streaming, and that's on your Twitter. So what's your Twitter handle? Oh, I have two Twitter handles. One of them is Toto Kitty. I use that for pretty much almost all of my socials. However, I do have a more Twitch specific, which is Toto Watch. And that is more specific to the streaming atmosphere. But if you follow either of those, you will hear. So if you want to talk about when the bill comes due. What can I say about when the bill comes due? So it's uh, basically just my friend Aaron and I, who are Gen Xers, the two of us who are coming to terms with life being our middle-aged selves and dealing with middle age, a pandemic and a racial reckoning and trying to be better people coming to terms with a lot of the things that we've been, I want to say acclimated, but probably spoon fed and brainwashed into believing was the truth and believing was the way to go about living in this world. And it's not. And we're just trying to break those patterns for ourselves uh, and for Aaron, who has six children for his children so that they can um, so he can be a better and more understanding parent to them and not contribute to the same cycle of bullshit that we've all been fed throughout our lifetimes. And so we're just basically breaking patterns and cycles for ourselves and hoping, hoping that those things can perpetuate themselves through us to our future generations. So that's what we do. What about your socials? (sighs) Fine. You can find us at when the bill comes due podcast see Aaron does this on our show so I have no idea anymore at when the bill comes due on Instagram I think it's at when the bill comes due pcast at when the bill comes due pcast probably on TikTok because he's a big TikTok person he truly is and we have our website when the bill comes due.com so you can check out all of our episodes there Instagram is just when the bill comes due Okay, at when the bill comes due. You can also uh, check out our website when the bill comes due.com. I've got, we have a, a blog there as well where we post some of our musings and things like that. So you can check those out if you want to. So, yeah, that's it.
Yeah, Mallory keeps trying to get me to go on the Twitch, but I do. We'll oh my god, we <laughs> will play a love simulation game and cackle, and I will force you. It will happen. It has been my dream since Trashy Book Nook to force you to do this. I'm sure it will happen at some point in time. Well, hey, when I'm in Maine, I don't have anything to do most of those days. So then here we go. Plan for it then. <gasps> oh my god, what is that? April, May, the merry month of May. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Timu, I do want to say that I love you. And every time we talk, life is better. So thank you for going what on this journey. What can I say? I'm a ray of light. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds mean that I'm laughing, but... <laughs> You need to understand by listening to the first episode when we talked about when we first met each other <laughs> that the reason that I was attracted to Tamu as a friend is literally, oh my God, we're, we're, we're going back just for a few seconds, is literally the first day that I was on the job and we had that fucking over an hour meeting together. <laughs> about stupid fucking shit that I went to and I just remember being like what is happening because it was about the food at the workplace that we were eating from like literally we had a meeting with the people who we had a contract with for fucking cafeteria food and they were so serious about hearing the complaints and I just remember one white woman in particular saying that when she got her pizza, there was too much crumblies on the pizza because they used corn starch to make sure it wouldn't stick together. Cornmeal. Corn mm -hmm. To make sure it wouldn't stick together. And she was like, there's just too much. Like, you just, you can't use so much if we're going to get our pizza that way. And I was just, I remember cocking my head and being like, is this real life? <laughs> and I looked to you, Tamu, to be like, what's happening? And you brought up your pen in a particular height, in a comedic height, mind you. And you mouthed the words of saying like too much crumbly <laughs> and you put your pen to paper and like I swear to the gods above it was in cursive wrote down too much crumbly and I just remember this is the moment that I know that this is a new best friend <laughs> and I still don't have time for idiotic bullshit like what the fuck yeah so yes um just let it be known. Thank you, Tamu. I love you. You're welcome. Like I said, <laughs> a ray of light in the piercing through the darkness is what I am. <laughs> yeah, this is a bond that uh, really can't be broken since we did do the 36 questions of love it's with true. each other. We fell in love. And so there you go. Our friendship was there. It's true. I love you very much, my friend. Have a good rest of your evening. Love you too. We'll have to do this, but not 
for this, but we just need to probably have a better schedule of catching up because we spent way too much time talking bullshit that had nothing to do with this podcast. I give a shit. No, we will. All right. We're going to wrap this up for the last time. Last dance. Last dance. Happy New Year 2022, the year of I'm not saying anything's going to happen because honestly, it's literally as if a 100-sided die has been rolled. Who knows what All the All I'm fuck. saying is just vote. If we've learned nothing from the Kyle Rittenhouse, I'm going to cry my tears of salty whiteness trial, is that your vote has a consequence. And when you don't vote in these small, like local elections, you get racist judges who will um, be unchallenged and allow He's a murderer to walk free. Since... He's been out of post since 1989. Yeah. Yeah. So, And if you feel the need and incline, please participate within the system itself. Good luck. Sure. If you want to do that, go for it. Hey, become the next mad power hungry king. Go for it do it we love you all be safe please make sure to continue to wear your mask fun fact we are not out of a pandemic despite what everyone seems to say we are this ponda replay will be forever if you do not take precaution so correct my friend it's been wonderful yeah joyful sometimes frustrating Mm -hmm. always blissful it's true it's been real it's been fun It's been real fun. (laughs) (laughs) Don't die.